it is time to get solar powered. We welcome you to another episode of the Solar Powered Podcast. I am Ryan Hall from Royal Hearts Media, and I think we've got a really cool conversation here today. But first, I want to, I think, paint a little bit of a picture here for, I think, most of us who grow up, who grew up in, as I like to say, the buckle of the Bible Belt. Spirituality always means one thing. Sunday morning church, you know, passing, passing the offering plate. But sometimes we can get a little bit burned out with that. We can get a little bit burned out with that. Um, and I think this conversation today, we had a great phone call yesterday about this, but I think this conversation today, I think really is going to speak to the fact that spirituality really doesn't need a steeple. And I want to welcome an uh, interesting guy. His name is Scott Holmes. Scott is a, um, you know, man about town. He's a IT professional, has been in a ton of different businesses, but um, he's got a really fascinating story. And I think you'll find it fascinating as well. Scott Holmes, welcome to the Solar Powered Podcast, my friend. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, absolutely. Pleasure to have you, uh, have you with us here. So if you want to just start just letting our listeners know who was Scott Holmes. Wow. Uh, I started those <laughs> <laughs> very deep. Yeah. Um, married at 19, dad at 20, had three kids when I, by the time I was 25. So by the, when I was 18, I knew absolutely everything there was to know when I was 25, I had three kids, three jobs. And my dad was the smartest guy I knew because he was telling me, be careful, be careful. Um, but I knew everything. So going through all of this, um, the hard times kind of brought my wife and I much closer together, uh, raising the kids. Uh, she eventually ended up finishing school and uh, becoming a school teacher. And um, when she was about 38 years old, um, which was very very young, they found that she had breast cancer. So for 22 years uh, on and off, she was uh, at Mass General and she was a breast cancer survivor. Um, they kept her going for that long. Uh, and she was she passed when she was 60. The, the toll that it takes, caregiving, that it takes is enormous. Uh, I'm sure all of your listeners at one time or another have had to take care of a, a sick child, a sick a, a parent. Um, I just lost my parents uh, this past year. Uh, it was part of the caregiving team. My sister and I were, were helping. And that takes a toll. It just, it just takes such a toll. You're, you go through your life and when you wake up, it's when do they get their pills? When do they, when do they eat? When do they go to the doctors? What do I have to do today? What do I have to think about today? And that's about their schedule, not even what you have to do for you. And it just becomes a 24 hour kind of obsession uh, when you take care of somebody. And when they're gone, all of a sudden, poof, there's this huge, huge void. And you don't, you, you kind of feel like you're in free fall because all those worries when you wake up in the morning about, oh, I need to get the medication. I need to go to the, to the drugstore to get this one. I need to make sure they do this. I have to call the doctor. It's gone. And when that happens, 
it just leaves such a void. And uh, I've talked to a number of people um, who've lost loved ones, uh, especially through breast cancer. And that's the, the thing is, who am I? What am I now? You know, I've defined myself for years as a, as a caregiver, as, as a husband, as a dad. How do I go through that? How do I go beyond that? So my journey was in, after she passed, um, I went through with a psychologist. And I said, you know, I, I, I really have to get right. Um, the only conversations I was having was with the cat and the cat wasn't very interesting. It really had no, other than eating, eating and sleeping, didn't have any other interests. So I, um, when I like my conversations know, with my dog, ex, ex, well, I find my do dogs are much more, uh, talkative and they have much more interests, but sure. that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, in, in going through this, I went to a medium. Uh, a friend of mine said, hey, let's go to a medium. And I'm thinking, eh, medium, uh, okay, fine. It'll be a nice night out. We'll have a couple of drinks and that's it. And the meeting came to me and, and brought my family members to me for the very first time. And I said, wow, there is something to this. And then I started with Reiki 1 training and I went to Reiki 2 training. And then I became a Reiki master. And I realized as I, as I went through this, that the grief was lessening as you, with Reiki, you, you're self-healing first, and then you can heal somebody else. That I found that I could help people. I'm thinking, wow, that is amazing, through energy work. So I did that and I went to go to massage school, except I never went and made it to massage school because the first part of it was, was polarity. Polarity is an energy therapy. I call it Reiki on steroids. And it's another level of energy work. And all of a sudden, I'm now manipulating energy with people. And I'm, I'm able to help clear them and, and allow them to, to kind of reset and, and be clearer thinking and, and clearer ahead. And it really is. Uh, and at, right after this, I, I went to uh, Bangkok, Thailand, and, and Vietnam. And we, I spent about um, 17 days, 18 days in the Orient uh, the first time I went. And I realized something. I'm an accidental Buddhist. In all the religions, I, I was raised uh, Protestant. Um, my wife was Irish Catholic. And so I, I converted to Catholicism because we were going every Sunday. And I figured, hey, we're bringing the kids. We're doing that. Sure. And I became a, a Catholic, a very good Catholic, by the way, I went every Sunday. And what I realized is there was a preaching of God is, is out there. God is an omnipotent being that is outside of us. And the Eastern religions, as in Buddhism, they go within. That we are part of God. That God is within us. And I found that so enlightening. I found that so it, it struck home with me. And what you had said about it doesn't need spirituality, doesn't need a, a steeple. It's a way of life. In uh, the number of people I've talked to, as, as churches have fallen down and fallen off, attendance has fallen off. Um, in, in the town I live in, in Brockton, 
there used to be 12 Catholic churches. There are now three, and they're having a hard time just getting people to go to service. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's shrunk that much in the in the diocese. Um, the churches have gotten smaller. It's gotten much harder. People are um, seem to be, uh, say antithetical to say, but they seem to be um, not anti-religion, just anti-church. I give all this money. Where does it go? I don't understand. I don't see the good that it's it's getting. I'm tithing. I'm giving offerings every week, but. Yeah. What, are, what is it I'm getting? Plus the fact that with the internet, there is so much more understanding out there. People see so much more. In the old days, um, when it, you lived in your small town, you got married in your small town, you died in your small town, the world was that not much bigger than the town you lived in. And you the never left. Was a centerpiece. You never yeah. left, but the, the church was a centerpiece. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, everybody from, from your town went to, went to service and you saw them. With the internet, with everything that it has developed, it's just gotten so much bigger. And we, we feel kind of alone. Um, people feel separated. I always, I always uh, I, I say this to my grandkids. You know, they're in the room together, except they're all got their hands down. They're on the phone. They're close, but they're, you know, when, when we had dinner as a kid growing up, Dad was, dad sat down at 530. Uh, all four of us kids had to be at the dinner table, ready to eat, ready to go. Dinner was on the table. That was it. If you try to enforce that now um, uh, to a to a spouse, you would not get anywhere and you'd pretty, pretty much be divorced pretty quick. Yeah, pretty much. That yeah. was your expectation. Yeah. So things have changed. Yeah, definitely. It truly has. So in, in going through this, in going through my story, um, we talked about uh, the book Sacred Death, and I was able to write and be a part of that. Uh, Hamali Vora, who is a death doula. I don't know if you've heard the term before or your audience. I have, has. yeah. Um, I was unfamiliar with it, but it's, it's an amazing, um, I don't know if I could do it. They hold space for people that are transitioning. Uh, they hold space for the people that are passing, but also th- for the caregivers. And this was about keeping everything sacred. You know, um, the rituals that we have with religion, and we tie religion into this, um, they're there for a reason. You know, in, in the Irish Catholic, you know, the, you've heard of Irish wakes where uh, it's louder than most parties. Um I've been to I went to an Irish wake where they had a, a a beer cart going around, but it's a celebration of life, and it's it's that that grieving process that that uh, coming together of families that all of that uh, during COVID uh, that couldn't happen, and it was devastating. People didn't know how to quite how to grieve. When my parents passed, we waited six months, and on their sixtieth wedding, sixty, yeah their 60th wedding anniversary, we buried them together. They died six weeks apart. And it was really fitting. And it was one of the few times here in Massachusetts where you could actually have people at the cemetery. So we had the we had a service at the cemetery and we were just, it was just immediate family. 70 people showed up. And because 
they couldn't, they had lost people and he couldn't grieve for them. So they were going to be there for my parents. It was, it, it kind of blew me away, but it was that, that sense of community, that sense of uh, being able to mourn and, and observe the rites of passage that we've all grown up with. That was a, that was a part of that. And that has been just sorely missing over the past year and a half with the pandemic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. They, I know of people who have passed in nursing homes and have, wouldn't, they wouldn't allow anyone in except for, for the last couple of hours. And then that was it with no, um, no wake, no real funeral, no anything else, no service because they couldn't get together at church. I mean, all of those rights that we have is kind of the process of, of starts the process of healing. And a lot of people just couldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, my sister, who was, was the caregiver to my mom and my dad for the, for the majority of it, she said, I didn't realize that I had been holding my breath the entire time until we buried them. And I finally was able to let a breath out. And it was moving for her because she was able to start to say goodbye. Well, that, that's, that's incredibly powerful. Just even, just even knowing that, cause you know, I've had um, a couple different interviews on this podcast of people who are caregivers. I know I had one who has written just a phenomenal book who, um, who cared for her mother as she was going through the just the throes of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. but she she ended up growing closer to her during that whole process um that something that would not have been afforded to her if she had not taken on that role in her life yeah but you know one thing i'd love to circle back on is something that you said earlier that when somebody that, and I'm speaking specifically about your wife here, but when somebody that you have been caring for, for 20 plus years, finally, I hate to say the term loses the battle, but um, when they finally transition, it just really leaves something that there's just some, like I would have it, there's just something missing there that you need to go out and either create or find. And that's what, and that's what the, with the, with Reiki, with um, all of this transitioning to uh, energy healing, all of the work that I've done as far as classes. Um, I've, I've been, you know, I, I work with mediums. I work with um, Reiki masters. I work with um, massage therapists. I, 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 being involved in that world, and, and some of the things that come out of that are amazing. Um, plus, I, I maintained therapy up until just a, a couple of months ago. I maintained therapy with a psychotherapist who allowed me to transition to from wearing heavy armor every day just to get through it and not realizing that I had it was so thick that nothing was going to penetrate it and I could do everything myself. I never asked anything of anybody in my family. I never asked anything of my daughters when they had families of their own, um, much to my detriment, of course. But I thought it was my job to do it. And just peeling all of those layers off and enabling me to transition from 
everything in my head. You know, I'm a guy. Grow up. You don't have emotions. You get angry, you stuff it down. Don't get angry at anybody. If you get, you know, if you're hurt, oh, you don't want to let anybody show you're vulnerable. You you kind of push it down, push it down, push it down. Um, and when you do things, you always think with your head. My father was great for that. But what happens is when I went to grieve, it was hard connecting with it. When I went to grieve, I was trying to find my emotions. And it scared me that I didn't know what they were. I always said for years, my wife, if she said, how do you feel about this? I'd say, eh, whatever, you know. But if she said, hey, what do you think about this? I could talk for two hours. Sure. Because that it was always the head, not the heart. And as I've grown older, it's the heart that men need to come into contact with. It's that heart that they need to bring forward to be, and I, I, I use the term transcendent man. In other words, to come into their own. Women for years have been coming into their own. They are finding their inner male. They are warriors now. They are goddesses. They are these, they are empowered. I have, I have daughters. I want that for them. Of That's course. amazing. The problem is, They've kind of taken that mantle. And if you, you try to be a warrior, they're like, oh, no, 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 that's ours. So where does that leave men? How do you become fully a man? So that brings us to, in talking with men in the healing field, and there, there are a few, only a few of us. <laughs> uh, anytime you go to a, a, a lecture, anytime you go to a Zoom, anytime you, in writing this book, and I'm just going to shameless plug, Sacred Death. Um, there are 25 authors, two of which are men. Oh. So it's like going to yoga class. I started yoga, yoga when I was 50. It would be me and 20 women. And, you know, you, because it was viewed as, oh, that's a girl's thing. Uh, as a side note, we, we were up at, on the top floor of a, a health club. And after they saw me going, a couple of guys, you know, they're there lifting weights every, they said, oh, yoga. Oh, there's a guy in there. We'll, we'll go in and try it. Yeah. And I used to laugh because the yoga teacher would go, okay, you think this is easy? And you would hear them throughout the whole entire thing. They, <laughs> and here you have Little do they know how much you're going to sweat in a yoga class. Yeah. Sweat the yoga class. But also the muscles that they aren't using. And oh, so here are these 70-year-old yeah. ladies, these little petite things, and they're holding these positions with a smile on their face. And you have these 45-year-old guys who are all jacked up, and they can't hold it. They're shaking, and they're like, i got to prove this. It's funny because it's just a, it's a different set of muscles. And so I, I use that analogy in that as you, as you get older, you use a different set of muscles, and it's your heart. And that's where you find the compassion, where um, most of my life it was, you have to be in charge, you have to be a leader, you have to be forward, you have to insist on things, you have to be a bull in a china shop. And what I'm finding as you get old, as I get older is, you don't need to do that. Yeah. You can actually be nice with people. You can do the same things, but with more compassion, more understanding, more allowing other people to be a part of what you're talking about. 
And that muscle you have is that heart and the compassion that is within it. And what I found is in going through all of this is that we talked about spirituality. Well, I found that the strength I, I, I had and I needed was within me. All this armor that I had that I had taken off, I know I can walk anywhere now, do anything, because the strength is within me. That 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 creator of all that is, that uh, however you want to name it, is within you, and you have the strength within you. And when you when you view things through your heart rather than your head, you can get things done in a much much. Uh, more synchronous way. Um, and as you transcend, you want to help people more. Every weekend, I, I have weekend hours, I work full-time job. But on the weekends, I have clients that I help who are going through tough times. And it's through shifting their energy, with talking through problems, with getting them to see in a different way than they've always done. Because oh, in my 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know what? I saw things the same way. I tried to do things the same way, and I got the same result. We've always heard what the what is the uh, definition Tech, of insanity? Doing the same doing thing the same over thing. and over again, expecting a different expecting result. Different result. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it took me all of this and the the, the transition uh, from caregiver to self caring, um, doing things for me to be able to grow, to be able to understand, to be able to grieve, to be able to heal. And now you find, because healers can't heal anyone until they heal themselves. That now that I can give of myself to other people to be able to heal. And that's, that's an amazing, uh, for me, it's an amazing gift. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a beautiful gift. And it's something that I'm really just starting to myself experiment with. Um, You know, I'd like to backtrack just a couple of minutes. One thing that really stood out to me with what you just shared was how when you were a younger man, you kept bottling everything up, the emotion, the, you know, the anger, the rage, just whatever came up, nobody saw it. And so often I find that men who fall into that kind of practice they, the, it manifests itself in far different ways. You know, alcoholism, drugs, promiscuous sex, spending money, eating too much. And um, how have you found that you have become healthier, like holistically, as you've started practicing that, uh, that um, kind of mind-body-spirit connection? Um. I've been blessed with a great metabolism, so, but I used to eat. When I got anxious, I would eat. Um, I've always been very, very active, so it never affected me truly that way in, where I put on 100 pounds, but I could very well have. Uh, yeah. Friends of mine were in, in AA, and they would bring the literature around, and I'd read, and I'd read it and just, just out of curiosity. And I said, I would be a very good alcoholic if I drank to excess. I would be very good. Um, the isms, all of those isms are just extremes. And it's the body's way, as you, as you put it, it's the it's body's way of dealing with all the anger issues, all of those things. In the, in the practice uh, that my psychologist had, uh, she goes through um, regression therapy. Uh, 
And it brings you back to times when, as a child, something happened um, and it affected you and, and it taught you how to behave, how to act um, as a young, young boy, young man, uh, how not to. How not to be angry, how not to strike out, how not, you know, don't hit your sister, don't, don't be doing this, don't do this. And so all these rules are, are put on and you get tighter and tighter and tighter. And this is the person you should be because that's how you're rounded. Uh, all the rough edges, right, are rubbed off. Um, and it's really about being able to be heard. And through my therapist, she created a safe place where I could be heard. I told her things and that I never even knew I had inside of me. Those inner children uh, that that were sitting there that, that needed to be held, that needed to be reassured, that needed to, all those things. You know, uh, they, they say for years and years and years that even if you're 80, you always want to return back to your 18-year-old self. That's your pluperfect as far as emotions, as far as energy, as far as physicality. Um, I always wanted to be a writer. Well, having a family and working constantly and, and you know, doing, doing all the things that you do, I forgot about writing. Yeah. And when I came back to find me and peel away the layers, I started writing. And Sacred Death came up and it was the perfect time for me to be able to express the story. And that's how the emotions came out. That is how I was able to deal with them, was being able to acknowledge them and let them and not speak through them, to be able to say, hey, I know you're there, but I'm not going to speak through the anger. I'm not going to speak through the sadness. I'm not going to speak through the guilt. I'm not going to speak through those other different parts that come up, all, all those, and they're there to protect you. They're not bad. Um, I've always used the, the analogy of the boogeyman in the closet. At 3 o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you're worried, the boogeymen come out, and they're pretty darn big, and those are those fears that you have. And we try to hide under the covers because we don't want to deal with them. But what I found through all of this work is that if you look them in the eye, they get smaller and smaller. And instead of being filling the room, they're only this big. When they're this big, hell of a lot easier to deal with. No doubt. No doubt. So that is where when you get all of those fears and understand that they were put there long ago and far away. Like when you're five-year-old and you first hear thunder and lightning and you're scared and you get that feeling in your, that, oh my gosh, feeling. Yeah. And then you, you meet people who are 30, 40, 50 years old and they hear lightning and they, they're still, even though they know it won't hurt them, yeah. they haven't resolved that. When they resolve that inner child, that five-year-old that was scared of lightning, all of a sudden they realize, I'm not afraid of lightning anymore. I don't have the same reaction. So that goes through all feelings, all the way through, because we are conditioned. How to, be, how to transcend that? How are you? Well, as a as a guy, I've always, you know, you're you're forceful. You're a leader. You're uh, you make decisions, and you know, if somebody's going to get upset, it's okay. We'll just get deal with it and move on. 
you, if you speak through compassion, if you speak through let, letting everybody in on it, letting everybody in and, and form a collaboration and get everybody's buy-in, but maintaining that direction, it works so much easier. And the end product, whether it's in a business, whether it's in a group, a parent's group, whether it's something you're, a project you're trying to undertake, it always turns out better than you expect, no matter what you plan for, if you allow people to buy in on it. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to do in, in, in coming into um, lead authoring the, the book. I, the the uh, publisher came to me, Laura, at Brave Healer Productions came to me and said, I'm trying to do a book, a, a guidebook. Because she had all these authors, she had a number of books, and there were one, two guys in every book, but all women. Women speak a certain way. Men speak a different way to men. If you get a group of men around, they aren't saying, gosh darn. Um, there's, there's a way we speak. There's a way we kid with each other. There's, a, there's kind of a, uh, you know, punch in the shoulder and say, hey, come on, you know. Uh, and there's, there's a way we understand each other differently. Uh, in, in researching this, there, there are a number of men's groups out there. And when we talk about um, growth and transcendence, and I went through all of uh, Amazon looking for this, it was all spirituality and religion. In other words, you have to, you have to, you have to look at my way. You, you know, come to my church, this is the way, this is the only way that you can talk to God. This is the only way that you can be saved. This is the only way that you can be a better man. Never quite fit for me. And so that spirituality, as we're finding, when we get there, we work on ourselves, we work on those negative emotions, we work on those fears, we work on those things. And all of a sudden we don't, we're, we're walking through life without fear. It's a pretty good great feeling it really is yep it is a great feeling and you find that things come to you now i i have more abundance now than i've ever had i worked harder before but i didn't understand it i didn't understand abundance and by abundance i mean friends i mean those things around i'm not talking about rolls royces and all that stuff that people see on the internet i'm talking about the things that matter those people that are close to you, those people that care about you. And that's where I have an abundance. I don't worry about where my next dollar is coming from. I don't worry about all of those things. I'm at a point in my life where I have grandchildren. I have, I have my daughters. I have my family. I have my friends. And it's a great, great, great set um, of people in my life that I've kept in my life. And it's, um, what I'm finding is when you're transcendent, you're really being true to yourself, but you're also can be much a better man to everybody else around you. And, and that who you are, not who you were designed or designed to be or who you were taught how to be. Or whatever like role, you, or whatever role you role. think you should play. Yeah. The role you should play. Yeah. I thought at 19 years old, there was a certain role. You, you fell in love. Everything was good. 
you didn't have to work at it because you were in love. So therefore there was this fantasy of just uh, rainbows and unicorns and hearts floating around all the time. Uh, and little did I know at, at, you know, at 20 years old, Oh man, I got to work at this really hard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I know it? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's just really a lot to unpack from that, but You've used this word several times during our conversation, the word transcendent. And you kind of teased it in this last share, but talk about The Transcendent Man, a book that is um, that next spring, I think, is really going to set the world on fire. The title is Be a Transcendent Man. It's a call to action, a model for masculinity and integrity, with integrity. And the read that's that's important. Everybody I've talked to, all the authors that I've talked to, have said masculinity with integrity, meaning you are true to being that man. When you talk about transcendence, you talk about you know um, how Buddha, Christ, all of those, Jesus Christ, every all of those transcendent, um, they were enlightened. They transcended normal man. As you get older, and, we, and we've talked, right? When, as you get older, you don't just think about yourself. You know, when you're 20, 30, and 40, it's survival. It's getting forward. It's getting as much as you can. It's making as much as you can. It's doing all of that. Then you realize it's about people. It's about giving back. It's about gratitude, about really being grateful. I mean, we live in this country and there are so many people just in there dying uh, to get into this country. They're finding any way they can to get in this country because of the opportunity, because the ability to, to live as we live. And we have to be grateful for that and understand it. Why I've traveled to um, Europe, I've traveled to the Far East, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, Cambodia. And when you see that kind of third world, you know, dirt floor, no windows, scraping by, um, where a dollar is with a million, just like a million dollars there. It gives you perspective. And to be able to understand and be grateful for everything that we have, that we are able to do. And it really makes you want to do more to help other people. Transcendence means your higher self. It's about going into you and finding it for a guy. It's your inner feminine, if you will. That part, that heart that you we all carry that we were taught to ignore. Women have found their inner, inner male and we need to find that inner female within us to be able to soften the edges so that we can relate to people better than you know, I always used to wonder why people would, I didn't understand that I was pushing people away. I was keeping people at a distance and I always wondered why I wasn't included or uh, why uh, people didn't, you know, didn't relate to me. And it was because I had that really hard edge. And now is when I talk to people, I listen, I, I explore, I'm interested in that curiosity. And by the way, it's something that you have a lot of, and that is the curiosity and that about life, about people, about everything going on around you. 
that's you know I've I've got that plan to live to 100, right? They say make it make it go. Well, I'm living to 100. I've just turned 64, and I've got another 36 years to go, and I want to live it with as much energy, as much uh, enthusiasm, as to touch as many people as I can to understand them, because that's what this is all about. And I'm finding it's not just about survival; it's about understanding people amen amen and you're not gonna when you pass away you're not gonna have that maserati come to your funeral the nope. people who love you the people who care for you the people who grieve you those are going to be the ones who come to your funeral not, exactly. the, not the car not the big house not the boat the people that's what matters exactly exactly yeah. and and it took a long time i mean you know everybody put everything in perspective with, you know, what do you own? How big is your house? What is that? And they, that's how they grade you, you know, well, he's kind of successful, not really successful. He's kind of successful, yep. but that's how, as you get older, that's how you define yourself is how, how you feel in here, not with what's going on out there. And that's kind of what I want to leave you with today is look, we're, we're there, you know, the, there, this voice needs to be out there. There are so many guys in the healing field that want to just say, don't wait until you're in, you're in a divorce. You're, you're dealing with death. You have a severe illness. Your isms have brought you down to rock level, the yeah. rock bottom level. Don't wait. Start your transitioning now. Start your transcendence now. Think about how you can be better. You'd be surprised how happy you're going to become by looking inside yourself because happiness is not something that we go find and buy out the shelf. Happiness is, comes out of us. And the joy, that gratitude, that caring, that's what makes life worth living. And it solves all of those things that we as men have as problems. Absolutely. That's, you know, the Beatles wrote a pretty nice little song about that. Love is all you need. <laughs> if you indulge me with one more question, um, I know you're up near Boston and yes, you're, you're a Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. How do, you, how do you like my guy, Mac Jones? Love him. From the University of Alabama. Of Alabama. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, um, thankfully, they, they got rid of Cam. Um, Mac is going to be in three years what Tom Brady was in year five. Wow. And by that I mean that I mean he's going to understand that offense so well that he's going not he's not going to think he's just going to react. He's going to know who's who he's throwing to before the ball ever gets hiked. He's going to be he's going to understand it. He's going to go through growing pains over the next couple of years, but he is a I, I was listening to an interview yesterday. Um, he's there at four o'clock in the morning watching tape every day. He is taking that team, that leadership, and the guys that are there that are the veterans are saying, Mac, this is your team. They have bought in whole hog on it, and he is just, by the end of this year, you're going to see significant difference, and he's going to be talked about with some of the best. Yeah. I absolutely love him. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I was one of the first conversations we ever had. I had to ask you about him because you know when you sit by when you sit behind two different quarterbacks who are starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, you got to learn something. You got to learn something. You absolutely got to learn something. Well, this has uh, been a really a beautiful conversation, Scott. Thank you. And I can't wait to I can't wait for that book. And you know you've got to you know you've got a seat at my podcast when it comes out, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you All very right. much, Ryan. How can people find you online and what kind of work that you do? Uh, my website is rscottholmes.com. That's my website. Um, we. Uh, it's the healing journey um and through the book sacred death on amazon um it comes it's been a bestseller since it came out um six weeks ago it's maintained bestseller status which is amazing yeah. uh everybody that has read it has just really enjoyed the different perspectives when you have different 25 different perspectives there's going to be one or two that always hit no matter where you are in your life and uh, be a transcendent man will be coming out in the spring, and that is, that will be on Amazon also. And uh, we're expecting really positive impact from that. Yeah, I really believe so, Scott. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, and that'll do it for this episode of the Solar Powered Podcast, a presentation of Royal Hearts Media. For more information about me, you can follow me in the social media machine at Ryan Hall Writes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can just shoot me a good old-fashioned email at royalheartscoaching at gmail.com. But that'll do it for this episode. Until we meet again, this is Ryan Hall saying thank you so much for listening. So long for now. I love you all. And please, go out and get solar-powered. Take care of yourselves.